0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Justin Insight podcast. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of films, music, and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Now, regular listeners of the Justin Insight podcast are probably thinking, wait a minute, this isn't Tuesday. Why is the shout out today? Um, simple answer as of now, I am on holiday. Um, I'm actually, as soon as I upload this, uh, Episode onto Facebook and yada 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 all the different platforms to promote it. Um, I'm getting in my car, driving to Bristol to see some friends, uh, staying there until Tuesday, um, and then we're heading over to mainland Europe, stopping off at a couple of places, going to Bruges, going to Cologne, um, and then we are going to Fluff Festival, which I'm super excited about. Like it's a it's a festival that I've wanted to go for go to sorry for years. Um, So yeah, I'm super psyched, and City Caterpillar are playing, which is mind-blowing, because they're a band I never thought I'd get to see, um, Heaven In Our Arms is another band I'm super, super stoked to see, um, I've actually been listening to loads of the bands I haven't heard of, uh, today that are playing, and there's just so many good bands, um, which I'm really looking forward to seeing, so yeah, that's, that's why I'm not going to be here for, for two weeks, um so i thought i'd get this episode out before i go so there's not just a massive gap um whilst i'm away um i am hoping to catch some of the bands uh while i'm at fluff to to record a couple of episodes so might kind of have a bumper bumper edition when we come back i'll wait and see how i do time wise um it might just be a case of drip feeding things through. It depends on if I can actually interview anyone. We'll we'll see how it goes anyway. Um, but as far as my usual weekly roundup goes, um, there's not really a whole lot to report because obviously the last episode went out on Tuesday, so only a few days in that time. Um, but I did watch the film Nerve. I, I, I was flicking through Netflix the other day. I wanted to, something that was a bit light, and I saw that it was a film that I remember when the trailer was going around. Um, there was something that I thought looked quite interesting but I wasn't gonna sort of rush out and see it um so I thought I'd give it a go and it was pretty decent um i'm gonna go into a bit more detail of it uh in the film section uh after the after the chat with this week's guest um so that will take out one of the one of the trailers instead um but yeah thought I thought to see that but apart from that nothing else really to to report to you guys. I live a pretty boring life, (laughs) Um, but I'm going to jump straight into this week's episode because I've still got a little bit of packing to do, Um, and as I say, I want to get this out before I go, so um, my guest on this week's uh, episode is frontman of the horror punk band Energy, uh, Jason Tankerley, uh, better known as Tank. Um, It was really cool to have Tank on on the show, uh, as Energy's a band that I got into when I was back in uni. kind of came across some say they were originally signed to bridge nine and at the time i just loved everything the bridge nine records were putting out but they kind of fell off my radar a little bit and i think maybe with a lot of kind of people in the hardcore element was the same but um i got to see them supporting creeper earlier in the year and i I completely forgot how good they were and kind of got back into them ever since so yeah it was really cool to have tank on the show um we, we get into the band's longevity and how things have kind of only just started to pay off for them now but they're kind of way riding this wave of momentum at the moment um and they are coming back to to the uk later on this month so i will talk about the dates again after the chat with tank um so but we'll get straight into it so for now please sit back enjoy the chat that i have with tank and i'll see you on the other side So uh, joining me on the Just an Insight podcast this week is uh, energy frontman Jason Tankerly, uh, a.k.a. Tank. Um, Tank, thank you very much for joining me. How are you doing? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. Very hot here in the UK at the moment. It's probably nothing compared to the, the weather you have in the States, but everyone over here is uh-huh. di- dying of the heat at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty hot over here.
1: Yeah, for sure but I've been hearing a lot about the weather and stuff over there too. Yeah. From all the people I, th- I met uh, last time
0: around. I think that's the thing. As soon as we get the slightest bit of sun here, everyone's like, oh my God, it's hotter than the sun. So yeah. it's we, we go to the extremes of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously uh, the show is called uh, Just an Insight. And obviously Energy's been a band that's been going for for 11 years now. Um, yes. So... If you can just go, run me through uh, a brief history of Energy and give us an insight of how how the band came and how it is to the point we're at today.
1: Uh yeah sure. Um, I was like nineteen or twenty, and I was this was in like two thousand five ish. Yeah. And I was trying to start a band. I was trying to get musicians together. Um, everybody I knew was doing hardcore, uh, like hardcore music. Yeah. And. Um, we wanted to stand out and be more of a punk band but like still have the hardcore influence and like well i i wanted that and i couldn't find people who really shared the same vision for a band as me so it took me a little while but once i finally did could meet halfway with some people Uh, i met the lineup that
2: recorded our first album yeah punch the clock in 2006 and then um it's been a rotating lineup of musicians since then. Yeah.
1: Much. I don't know, but uh, I mean, I, I could run you through like every chapter of the band. It could know, well, okay. go on forever,
0: but
1: <laughs> you know, it has been 11 years.
0: Well, because obviously one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is my kind of, uh, my love of like alternative music kind of started through hardcore and stuff. And obviously uh, mm-hmm. the Boston hardcore scene is something that, every hardcore kid kind of knows about so for you, for you kind of growing up in that and wanting to do something different was that was it quite difficult initially
1: uh, well like i said initially finding the people who were like who like I, I pitched this idea to them and they'd be like no i'm not gonna do that <laughs> yeah. like, or you know that kind of thing because it, it, it was like different we were thought like people would tell me all the time back then you guys are a real breath of fresh air in this otherwise stagnating sound of a hardcore scene yeah. that we have going here and um it's just once i got gotten a room once we got in a room together and it was people who all shared the same sort of vision for the same type of bands it came pretty naturally mm. um it wasn't always easy playing shows i remember um
0: cuz were you because, put on bands with i'm uh, sorry put on bills with a lot of kind of like the hardcore bands in the earlier days? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was that was definitely you know there there were definitely some shows there where people were expecting another band to come on, you know, a band to come on that they could, you know, mosh to and yeah. you know, go crazy to and then uh, we would just come on and they'd never heard of us. <laughs> yeah. And I start just like actually singing like singing, yeah. And the, I've seen the audience so many times back then. Just cross their arms, like, or, you know. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're like jaws drop. They're just like, what is this? Like not in a, not in like a good way. Yeah. Like in, a, in like an I don't understand this kind of way. So it's you know it's I don't know. But then again, I've had we've had some of our most passionate and intense uh, moments at shows like ever in the hardcore
0: community. So. It can go either way with yeah. the band, like. <laughs> and for for you, what kind of, what, what what influenced you before? Obviously, energy kind of became a band because I think the obvious kind of ones that people draw comparisons are obviously like the Misfits, AFI, Alkaline Trio. But were, yeah. were they were they the bands that you want? Maybe not aspired to be like, but that you kind of thought there's a loophole in the the Boston slash Massachusetts scene that I want to fill with this type of music?
1: Um, I don't think I thought of it that consciously. Like, oh, I need to be the band that fills this whole how come nobody's doing this? Yeah. Um, I just kind of... Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up listening to The Misfits and um, Bad Religion and Dag Nasty and Minor Threat and AFI and just stuff like that. And I wanted to just do that so i mean we did it and or at least we tried to yeah and, uh, yeah we but it uh yeah it seemed to work out
0: i don't know and my, my first sort of hearing of you was obviously um the release of uh, invasions of the minds which came oh okay which obviously came out through bridge nine so again the the hardcore kid in me kind of just yeah. basically liked anything that Bridge9 were putting out at the time. So when I was the, I was the same way, I was,
1: I was really, uh, I, I felt really like honored to be part of their roster when when they signed us. I was like twenty two or twenty three, mm. and I loved everything they put out. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, they want to put out my band. That was <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing.
0: <laughs> but for, when that record kind of came out, because obviously uh, the the kind of history of Bridge9 is in sort of hardcore and stuff. So what was the initial sort of reaction to a band like energy? That's not quote unquote, the typical band that would be on a bridge on bridge nine. What was the reaction like for you guys? Was it positive or were people kind of like, well, well, why are these guys signed to bridge nine? Yeah,
1: it was definitely the latter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It, we, uh, I mean, I heard some really kind words and stuff, you know, when the album first came out, but I, I it could be because it's me, but it felt like it was mostly negative and especially people who her punch the clock. Yeah. And then we transitioned into a little less poppy, a little bit more serious texture. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of a thing uh, with way more serious lyrics and everything. I remember people were like really mad that we changed doing, you know, changed our sound so, so early on in our career and all this stuff. And, uh yeah a lot if you just i mean i hate to like slag myself like this but like if you just google energy invasions of the mind like almost nothing but bad reviews show up oh really from the the year it came out
0: that's because i i really like when that came out because as i say i was like have heart of the the band that I absolutely love—they're my favorite band. So they—they
1: they gave us a really like a shout out early on in our career. I remember we, like, during like the MySpace days. Yeah, they um they made some posts on their like MySpace. Well, I, th- blog. I
0: think that's how I kind of came about you guys because I think they like speaking of MySpace, I think you were in their like top <laughs> top eight friends thing, and I was Probably, like, oh I mean, maybe I don't know. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll check out these guys and. Obviously, listening to kind of bands like AFI and things, I resonated with what you were doing. So when the album dropped, I absolutely loved it. So it's it's interesting to hear that 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 was the kind of reaction you had. A lot of
1: people, sorry, um, a lot of people over the years have. I mean, that album seems to have aged well. Yeah, it's aging better than it. Like it's it's doing better. Not like you know, not like sales wise, but like it's (laughs) doing better reception wise. Yeah, now. Than it did then, um, yeah. So I mean, I'm glad people
0: are like coming around to it now. Um, so that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> but obviously, you briefly touched upon it then. Obviously, because again, I'm not sure if it was just me kind of changing my my musical taste. But after after invasions in the Mind, I, I kind of wavered in what I was listening to. But for me, it kind of felt like you guys disappeared for a little bit and you obviously said that there was the revolving kind of door of musicians oh, yeah. and things. So yeah. was it a case of, of basically fine tuning what you had to, to get to where you are now? Because obviously now you're putting music out quite regularly again. So has it been a slow process to get to, to where you are now? That's
1: good. That's a nice, a nice thing to hear somebody say that we're putting music out regularly again um just it's good to hear somebody else saying (laughs) (laughs) because then you're right um there were long stretches where nothing was happening um well when we parted ways with um bridge nine we um i also in turn parted ways with a lot of the members like they they quit Mm. and uh and i was kind of left without a band for a while so i've been spending the last like however many years like basically writing songs and releasing, you know, EPs and stuff like that on my own, um, in hopes like all this time it was just in hopes of getting a solid live lineup that would tour again. And it, you know, it seemed like quite a pipe dream. Um, but this past, you know, fall of 2016, I got the right guys behind me and, uh, we started just doing stuff regularly again and,
0: it's awesome. Mm. Yeah. And something that I've, I read about is obviously during that, I you mentioned there, was obviously you, during that kind of down period, quote unquote, that you were still kind of uh, writing and that you almost kind of became the only writer of the band. So yeah. what kind of, th- throughout the kind of whole sort of career of the band, what sort of influenced you from a musical standpoint and, and lyrically as well? Because listening to to your lyrics they're quite I, I find them quite interesting because with a thank lot of with a lot of lyricists I, I find there's you can pick up on what they're trying to say but with you I find it's almost kind of hidden behind what what you're singing about and, and I, I like that because it's kind of layered so thank you so what what kind of influences you
1: um, lyrically yeah like now um...
0: well well through now and sort of throughout history as well.
1: I'd say it's it started off. I mean, I've like always been. I've always been into writing since I was like a little kid, and, and I would always just write little things. Mm. But um, I remember I really started like writing lyrics in my late teens or whatever. But um, it started off of just reading other bands' lyrics and seeing, just getting a, getting the gist of it. Yeah. And then, but now it's it's evolved basically now into I just try and word things the way I word things, and uh it's they're definitely almost always it's yeah, it's a metaphor for something else, yeah it's not literally what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. uh, but i I tend to hide behind those kinds of things and let people interpret them interpret the lyrics for themselves but
0: but do do you kind of um do you have like any sort of themes or anything that you follow or is it just sort of what you're kind of going through personally or things that are going on around you that it, or is it sort of a, a combination of everything?
1: I'd say it's, it, it can be a combination of everything, but it's mostly me reflecting on my own, um, pain and sorrows and stuff. And yeah. or just like emotions in general. But I mean, I have, I have looked outwardly. Uh, you know, it's not exclusively introspective. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's
0: mostly it's mostly me examining my own mind and stuff. Mm. So. And you kind of mentioned, obviously, when um, Invasions of the Mind came out, that people were start kind of saying that you'd changed, changed your sound so early on. But I think throughout mm-hmm. your career, energy has... has changed with every single record that has come out. And even listening to, to the new single, um, A Prayer for Rain, I still think oh, that's yeah. completely different to, to The Witching Hour, which is st- still like quite a, quite a short space of time. So yeah. was uh, that... It, that
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard. I'm always just writing all over the
0: place. But do you, is that kind of a... For, from record to record, has that been conscious that you've wanted to... To kind of change things up, because I think, uh, as much mm-hmm. as I said, as much as I lo- like, I love the invasions of the mind. Like, if you take a song like uh, "Pet Cemetery," that is, mm-hmm. for me, that is a, a pop song. Like, no, I don't mean that yeah. in a disrespectful way, because it's got a catchy really. chorus that you can't stop singing. Yeah. Whereas, as you say, invasions of the mind has kind of got that more of a punch from a punk kind of aspect. So, yeah. Is that a conscious thing from you from your side?
1: Um, no, uh, I mean that's the way that I write is everything from Apparition sound and forward. Um, everything before that is really me collaborating with other people and just organically coming up with sounds and everything like that. So as long as really as long as I'm working with my producer. Chris um, it's I mean it's we just had this unspoken like way of doing things Mm. in the studio that I don't know I mean it's never I never think to myself I'm gonna make this kind of record or I'm gonna write this kind of song even I just try and write songs and then put them all together and yeah like you said um, even those two songs are very drastically different like we recorded them at the same time, and it was very like, all right, let's listen to this one, then let's listen to that one, and they sound like they should be on two different records. <laughs> yeah. but like so many, like so many of our. That's what I thought about apparition sound at first. I was like, I was like, oh well, jeez, these are like seven or eight pretty different sounding songs from one another, and uh, for, you know, for the most part, I was like, is this even gonna sound like a cohesive like? album or like release (laughs) but i think i think having my producer chris actually like record all the songs it gives it that uniform sound that ties everything together
0: Mm. and i'm gonna backtrack a little bit because i I wanted to sort of um talk about the obviously the the longevity of the bands. um and you obviously said that there was periods where you didn't have a band essentially it was just you um (laughs) so was that quite was there ever a point in in the eleven years that energy has been going that you kind of felt why am I still doing this why am I continuing or has it just always been the the drive and passion behind it that you thought I still need to put music out there?
1: Um, I, honestly, it sounds like both. Uh, it would be one day one day I would feel the, you know the real drive and passion to get get the to get the band back together get back on the road like this you know. Pipe dream what it felt like at the time um it it definitely felt like that uh like i was really like motivated some days but then other days i would like legitimately consider like making a proper breakup of the band yeah start a new project or something like that but something in me just told me to keep going with the songs I've, i've i've got you know i've made over the past however many years and you know, I'm glad that I did because I wouldn't be talking to you right now. <laughs> yeah. like doing like I wouldn't be going to the UK in a few months. I, you know. <laughs> and, or in a right?
0: Yeah. And obviously the, the, the thing I find quite interesting with you guys is you've been, a, well as under the umbrella of energy has been a band for 11 years, but I think yeah. a lot of people are only just kind of now coming round to to who you are, what you're all about. So, how, for, for you personally, how has the journey in the 11 years kind of kept you fresh and kind of make, kept the music fresh as well?
1: Um, It's the only thing that truly makes me happy in life, like really, like, like, a, like a thing, is music. Yeah. It's just the only thing that's been there for me my whole life. So I'm just fixated on it 24-7 it's not even like I don't even have to it's like an effortless type of thing like I'm just like obsessing over it like 24-7 so <laughs> it's I it's not very difficult for me to for me to um become very passionate about the band like yeah. immediately
0: and as I mentioned like a lot of people that kind of in especially in the last sort of year or so here in the UK have kind of started mm-hmm. to get more of a buzz around you so it's that kind of validated that the the 10 years you've put in prior of of paid off yeah. and that now things are starting to to snowball
1: yeah absolutely I um there I've received so much like anonymous discouragement or and, and just not anonymous discouragement just people outright telling me to quit and all this, all this stuff, and, uh, and that I, you know, just, just really negative things, and to just continue trying to be headstrong, writing songs, recording them, releasing them, and just doing it, and then finally, have, finding an audience over there in the UK that actually responded positively to it, like overwhelmingly positive
2: mm.
1: to it it's just it's the best feeling in the world that was like one of the best things that's ever happened to me was that last tour in the uk and i just need to thank creeper again for offering to take
0: us out uh, correct me if i'm wrong but was that the was that the first time you'd been over here yes yes it was so uh, again uh, obviously in the 11 years so other bands would have kind of been over here a couple of times sort of thing so mm-hmm. was it just a case of circumstances that nothing ever presented itself or yeah basically
1: um nothing ever presented itself I don't I don't remember any UK tour offers ever coming in before um yeah it's just we I mean, we went to Europe like went to Germany and yeah a few other countries but we never went to the UK um ever so yeah I think it was just circumstantial.
0: Okay, Um I, I we'll talk about the the tour that you did with Creeper in a moment. But before I move on, I'll, I just want to talk about um, kind of the aesthetics of the band because uh, sure. again, again, when I kind of first came about you guys, instantly the logo was something that I was drawn to. Um, but the artwork of you guys was again very reminiscent of old school AFI, which was something when I was in school. I absolutely right. loved so I kind of I was drawn to it straight away but obviously th- again through the records that's kind of grown and developed with the band and it's mm-hmm. you've kind of got this identity through artwork so is that something that you put a lot of thought into or is it just the way that the band's come that you feel that it fits with what you put out musically um
1: it's definitely something we put a lot well I put a lot of thought into um Me and our artist, George, um, we brainstorm back and forth and I usually try to come up with some kind of a concept, like a vague concept for him to work with. And um, It's very, like, he has a very, like, Tim Burton, it's like a book cover type of, like, artwork style that I really like. And um, it just, I feel it represents our, like, aesthetic, like, very well. Like, that type of imagery is what the sounds would look like, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's what I I try to make the album cover, or I try to I try to have him make the album cover look like how it sounds. If yeah, you know, yeah. Any sense. I don't know. Like it's it's definitely not just like a you know on a uh, on a whim kind of thing. It, we think I think about it very much so.
0: I know I keep mentioning it, but what was kind of like the, the kind of Misfits AFI sort of aesthetic was that what influenced you to kind of go along that, that route or, or was it just coincidence? No, yeah,
1: it's absolutely, um, they were a huge influence, uh, Misfits and AFI, those two bands, um, they were, they were the bands that I was, I felt the most connected to, Mm -hmm. um, And for some reason, yeah, that aesthetic, and that imagery, and and just that feeling that those two bands give you was something that I've never felt since, like, nothing as powerful as that. Yeah. So, I just was drawn towards that type of direction. Mm. Like, or drawn in that direction um, because of them, and, like, loving it as a teenager, and all this stuff it's just like i've always said to myself like would i want like would i be would the 15 year old version of me be like excited about the music i'm making yeah like and and like what and my, the band i'm in and the, mu- the musician i am today and i try to keep that in mind when i'm creating or doing anything like that like i want to excite the 15 year old inside me you yeah know I mean? it's like
0: and out of all the the artworks have you, you've done, have you got a particular favorite at all, or, or do you like each as such? Yeah, um, I
1: hmm, that is really hard because <laughs> um, there are so many. I mean, I George has done like single artwork, he's done EPs, and we have uh, another artist, Bill Hauser, who did our earlier work, and. Um, I mean, there's just so many, um, either Invasions of the Mind or like Apperson Sound or, I don't know, I, I want to say like the Another Yesterday artwork, I, I really, it's hard to tell, George is just so good at what
0: he does. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, as I said, I wanted to t- obviously talk about the the UK tour you did with, with Creeper, um, <laughs> and I think it might just be, because again, I've... I've Listen to you guys for years, and then obviously Creeper. We, I've got a weird relationship with Creeper. So basically, uh, Will and Ian, I've known, uh-huh. I've known for years. I used to put on their little sort of hardcore bands back in the day, um, yeah. and then all of a sudden they started this band, and things just completely blew up. It was absolutely out of nowhere. Um, but I think that you two kind of are almost like a match made in heaven in a way, because I think. But- that you're both very similar aesthetically both very similar musically um so before before the actual tour started had you kind of were you aware of them because i know in the uk now they're massive but they've only been going i think it's just just under two years so were you aware of their music before they kind of approached you to to do the tour
1: um i wasn't aware of their music but um i had talked to will like, because he was a fan of energy for like, years prior. Yeah. And I had, like, I had talked to him online, I, I believe. Like, we, we both sort of vaguely remember talking, but we can't really remember. <laughs> um, but the, um, no, I'd never heard them. I got a show, I got an offer to open for them um, in July of 2016, I think, and... It was just like a complete just uh, in the dark. Like I had no idea what they were going to sound like. I just saw their logo and I was like, oh, they're probably right up our alley. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I, I checked them out. I'm like, this sounds like a pretty good show to, for us to hop on. And then I saw what they were all about and that they had like a look and a, like a sound and an aesthetic. And I was like, this would really be like before I could even process the thought, though, Will was like have you ever been over to the U.K.? Like, I'm such early into your band and I want to bring you guys over to the U.K. And I was like, before I could even like think about like touring, like, before I could even process the thought of like, oh, this would be a good band to tour with, Will already offered to <laughs> yeah. the tour. Like, he was like so quick on that. And I used to do like a blog online where I just complained about touring because I was like younger and miserable. Yeah. And, uh, and he said he used to read it like every day, like I would do this daily blog, and apparently he used to read it, and I would write about how much I hated touring, and he said that's why he didn't ask us to come over sooner.
0: <laughs> <That was> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> because
1: of because of my blog, where I, which I totally understand. If I read that, I would be like, I'm not this person. Never wants to tour again. <laughs> yeah. um, but when he mentioned it, I was like, yes, absolutely, yes. I was like, Cause it's just over time. I wanted, I just like I said, I wanted to get the band off the ground again and start yeah. touring.
0: And if we go on to, into the shows themselves a little bit, how was it being in front of a different audience for the first time? And because uh, as you mentioned previously, the reaction was really good. So was it kind of almost a, a thought of why hadn't we done this sooner?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, I think that um, Creeper's fan base were, were just very receptive and they're just like really willing to check out a new band. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, but, I mean, it was, like, mind-blowing just going over there. And especially, I mean, obviously during the show, just watching everybody react positively. But then afterwards, it was like I'd never experienced more positive feedback in my life than even on the first night of the tour in Manchester, I think.
0: Mm. Hmm. I'm going to guess what your favourite show is because I was there when when the moment happened. (laughs) But... but Was there any particular standouts for yourself? Uh, which
1: one do you think it was?
0: I'm going to go with Southampton.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, <laughs> why'd you guess that one?
0: Uh, maybe because you you did a certain proposal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I proposed to my girlfriend Megan at that show, and uh, she said yes. And um, it was this big moment of the evening. <laughs> But the show was also like a really good show too. So it was because it was the hometown show yeah. for Creeper and everything like that. But I mean, that show was just like pretty much from because I was actually stressed out all day about just random stuff um, building up to it because yeah. I knew I was gonna do that later. And so uh, pretty much from the moment I walked out on stage and you know all through the night it was just nothing but positive like good feelings and Mm. like I don't know it was just like a really good good show
0: yeah well because for for me personally obviously aside from from your proposal which I think kind of took a lot of people by surprise but was a really awesome moment but I hadn't actually seen Creeper since their very first show in a smaller venue in Southampton Mm-hmm. So, so to see them like explode on that scale, I think for a lot of people who had been there from that first show, were were obviously still following them through, and obviously the whole thing with the callous heart now is just kind of yeah. exploded. Um, but go- I, I do want to talk to you about the proposal quickly. Um, w did you plan to do it on that day, or was it something that you'd had planned? to do whilst you're in the uk and then it just felt right at that moment
1: um it was something i had planned to do in the uk um i didn't know which date i was gonna do it on i i kind of asked i was like should i do it on like i asked nick our guitarist he's the only he was the only person that knew the whole time oh okay because i i had him hold the ring because i knew that because megan basically like hold my hand and make sure that everything goes accordingly. <laughs> yeah. I'd, be, I'd be lost somewhere still in the UK. But, um, yeah, I had Nick hold on to it because I knew she'd be going through my stuff, like oh, the whole tour and I didn't want her to accidentally find it and, and whatever. But uh, we, I decided on Southampton because I was, I was going back and forth between London and Southampton. Yeah. Because I thought London is the biggest show. There's going to be the most amount of people there. But I thought Southampton's gonna be the more the more intimate hometown show where everybody's like feeling good already, and it's like a very loving atmosphere. Everybody's like families were the very yeah. I think yeah, I think Creeper's family was there, whatever. And um, I just it just felt like a more appropriate setting. Yeah. Um, and I just yeah, once I decided it was Southampton, it was just like that's it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um and obviously you've mentioned obviously the the reception that you guys had was was sort of beyond what you kind of thought it would be so was that why you've kind of now decided to come back so quickly
1: uh yeah that yes there is um like uh um booking agency approached us like while we were over there okay in london yeah like in, in london during our Per, or not during our performance, but after
0: our performance, we, um, <laughs> that would have been weird if yeah, they ran on stage. <laughs> and
1: a guy walks on stage. He's just like, Hey, I've got a proposal for you. Um, no, but, um, yeah, we just, he was like, would you like to come back? Um, I was like, yes. <laughs> so we knew we were coming back before we even left.
0: Oh, okay. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And, um, which was amazing. I was like, I thought this was just going to be like a one-off experience that would just hopefully be beneficial. Like, and it
0: seems to be leading to a lot of good things. Mm. And I've obviously mentioned the the kind of comparisons with, with yourselves and Creeper, but I think in general, the kind of uh, quote unquote sort of horror punk sort of genre is kind of coming back to, to fruition in a little bit. So do you think that that's why now people are being more kind of receptive of you being more aware of you as well? And that has afforded you this opportunity to to come back to the UK so soon.
1: Um, I think that if that's true, if horror punk and like darker, gloomier aesthetic bands, if that like is coming back, then that's definitely why. Um, <laughs> like without a doubt, that's why people are more receptive to us. I mean, if that is, if that is true, <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I just <laughs> I just think from. I don't know it might just be me picking up on on things but I think there's especially here in the UK like because the the buzz that is around Creeper at the moment we are seeing a few kind of uh copycat bands trying to kind of yeah. emulate and so, so I think that's maybe why that I, I think that it's kind of on the up. Um oh, yeah it's a good thing it's a good thing I
1: didn't I
0: didn't uh <laughs> change the name of the band or do <laughs> yeah. anything or else people would i think we were copying them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but obviously coming over here for this time sort of the end of july and august time you're obviously playing smaller venues playing cities that you didn't play when uh-huh. you were with creeper so for for you what are you looking forward to most this time around um i'm just
1: looking forward to seeing how well we can do on our own mm. i don't
0: know
1: like um Obviously we were put in front of such large, large audiences because of creeper um, but I'm just but the thing I'm looking forward to the most is hopefully seeing a lot of people like turn up at these shows and stuff because it just means that they I don't know that's like that's the definitive way of like solidifying what you're worth yeah in my in my mind it's like you know who is coming out to see you? yeah you know like like specifically you so i'm looking forward to like seeing how basically seeing the results of the last tour
0: yeah and are there any particular cities that you're looking forward to to go into or is it just take it as it comes
1: um yeah, just take it as it comes out i mean it's yeah that's pretty much it i mean uh
0: I don't know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. <laughs> um, um, I just want to obviously touch upon uh, kind of like newer material and what, the, sort of the next steps for the band. So obviously with the announcement of the tour, you obviously released the new single um, A Prayer for Rain. Previously you'd released The Witching Hour. Um, yes. So obviously that's kind of the next step is obviously the new record going to be coming out. But what for one, what, what can people expect from the new record? And two, what's... It, for you, as I, as I mentioned before, like it now feels that you're kind of a continual sort of thing that constantly putting out new material. So, do you kind of once that once this is out, is it sit back and take it all in, or is it right move on to the next project?
1: Well, nobody ever actually said that there was a new album
0: coming out. Oh, but... okay. I've just I've just made that assumption <laughs> then. <laughs>
1: um, but let's. let's is new music and it has been recorded but it's yeah it's not um it's not a large body of work let's mm. just put it that way um but there is new new music that will there'll be like a release including the two previous singles yeah. and stuff but um what was the actual question though
0: um just sort of, sort of once this next body of work is out is it do you kind of sit back and take everything in or is it a case of right Let's start writing for the next next project.
1: Um, I'm always writing little ideas and stuff. So I have like a, you know, an idea like a song savings bank in my head and yeah, voice memos on my phone. And um, but I mean, when you're on tour, when you're playing, like when you're literally out there on the road right then and there to me that is an impossibility to write while you're on the road so you have to just sit there and take it all in when you're on tour um but when i'm not on tour it's basically i work well under pressure so if you tell me if you tell me a record needs to be done by blank you know whatever day date it'll get done It it just will, but if you just leave me to my own devices, I might not write you a new record for (laughs) like five or six years. So now that things are actually like starting to churn like a machine within the band where like we're always, we've got so far, we've like gone from like thing to thing to thing. There hasn't been like a dead stop for us yet, I'm hoping. Um, So if that continues the next goal after this new EP will be to write an LP and hopefully somebody will say some date at me that will scare the hell out of me that I'll have to write a whole album by <laughs> yeah. and then that's how it'll happen but it'll happen and I'm always I'm always happy with the stuff that I write last minute I
2: don't, yeah. know,
1: I don't know why I just I, like there's a new song that we have that I, I really, I seriously wrote the lyrics like while I was in the studio writing, I mean, recording vocals for other songs. Yeah. so And I love, I like the lyrics, like I really love the lyrics a lot in this song and I wrote them very last minute. So it's just that spontaneity of like writing is really cool. Mm.
0: I don't know. And and I just want to quickly kind of do a, a quick comparison. So obviously the, the tour that you did with Creeper was the first time you've been in the UK. But obviously you've been playing in the States sort of pretty much for the whole time that you've been a band um, with a few gaps here or there. As you mentioned, you've been to Europe. But from comparing the States to the UK, what's the the difference in the reception that you get? Um, We get a reception.
1: (laughs) um, There's people... uh... People clap when our songs end. Uh, no, I'm just, um, yeah, people care uh, in the UK. But, we, like, we just played a show in Boston, like our our home, hometown show. And yeah. It really it was not, it was not pretty.
2: Okay. So, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, like, I don't, it's, but then again, we just went to South Carolina, which is in the United States, obviously, and we just did great there. Yeah. Um, we, we, actually sold out the venue twice
0: over oh wow which which is illegal but, you know, weird. <laughs> but um,
1: <laughs> not to blow up your spot via podcast but um yeah i didn't, I didn't say what venue it was so who cares but um <laughs> but yeah um other than that though it's like it's completely hit or miss in the u.s but the uk every single show felt like a complete success
0: yeah uh, so would you say that it's a bit of a a tougher audience in, in the States, or is it just, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. I can, I can tell you that from 10 years of experience, <laughs> yeah, right
0: okay. off of bat, yes. <laughs> um, obviously, we've kind of mentioned, obviously, the, the tour and writing new new records and new materials okay. and so forth, but what what else is, is in store for the future of energy?
1: Um, I hope just a lot of great songs that I haven't written yet, I hope. <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, that's just really what I care about is I just want to write as many songs as I can, that I'm proud of, that I feel like represented some corner of my mind properly, like the right way. And I want to leave my imp- my like my brain and my heart and my soul, I want to leave that imprint behind yeah. like when you know when i die yeah uh, but that's that's really all i actually care about but like logistically i <laughs> i want to just uh i want to tour write, record tour right just basically just do that forever yeah
0: And um, and how what we'd like to to end the show is uh to kind of ask what your favorite song is but with, with, with a bit of a twist so f- <laughs> for you as a performer, what is the favorite energy song that you like to play live and why? Oh man. Um I really jeez, oh, that's hard.
1: Um <laughs> That's difficult. Um definitely not any of the ones where I have to sing really hot. <laughs> I'm always I'm so out of breath all the time. Um It might be they, like that the show closing song that yeah. we did over there. Um just because it's, I, I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy the dynamics of how it starts off quiet, and I can just any song with a lot of dynamics. I think where it's it's quiet, then it gets loud, and then it gets even more intense, and then there's a climax, or you know, basically songs with that have a lot of ups and downs, and yeah. rooms rooms for me to actually breathe, and <laughs> yeah. not not just completely hyperventilate up there, but
0: perfect brilliant tank thank you very much for for joining me today i really appreciate you taking the time to have a have a quick chat with me
1: thank you for having me
0: perfect cheers man take care all
1: right thanks you too
0: cheers bye bye So there we have it, folks. Thanks again to, uh, to Tank for taking the time to talk to me uh, about the band. Uh, it was really cool to kind of hear the story of, of Energy and why it kind of took them so long to come to the UK in the first place um, and just why they still love doing what they're doing. Um, but yeah, thanks again to, to Tank. Um, as mentioned, they're back over here in the UK uh, at the end of the month So and they're touring with a band called Miss Vincent from Southampton which is just down the road from me. Personally, I haven't heard of them, but if they're touring with energy they've got to be pretty good um tour starts on uh, july 29th in manchester and goes all the way through to august 9th in london um as always you can keep up to date with the band over on all social media platforms uh on facebook it's forward slash uh the band energy on twitter it's at this energy uh, and on instagram it's this energy all one word uh right so as mentioned at the top of the show you're going to go into our our new like little film segment that i've introduced um and as mentioned i watched the film nerve this week so uh, i'm just going to play you the trailer first before before we get into the discussion welcome to nerve a
2: game like truth or dare minus the truth watchers pay to watch players play to win (laughs) is this legal life is passing you by you need to take a risk once in a while kiss
1: Kiss a stranger for five seconds apparently the watchers want me to team up with you stay let's see what else happens is that big?
2: Do you know where I can find this dress? You look very pretty. Let's go
1: climb. Oh, look, we don't have a
2: choice. Technically, it just says we have to leave the store.
1: Somewhere.
2: Big fan.
1: Hold on, I'm
2: just doing the why in daddy. What? He's kidding. Let's have a little bit of anarchy. What the hell is going on? Watchers, they stole our identities. Officer, I need help. Me. Don't do this. The only way out is to
0: win. Let's go! Okay, so the film stars uh, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco, um, and they're immersed in this weird like social media game where uh, watchers kind of dare them to do things for, for money, and each dare kind of gets progressively more nuts and more... Staring, quote-unquote um and it's all streamed through a kind of periscope type app on the people's phones uh it's kind of like an episode of black mirror but just more hollywood if i'm totally honest um i thought the concept of the film was really cool but the execution was was not so good um emma roberts drove me a little bit nuts if I'm, i'm being totally honest like her kind of holier than thou kind of character yeah just didn't didn't really buy into it and day franco's day franco at the end of the day um but it was a nice easy watch uh i didn't get too distracted whilst watching it so um would give it a, a solid six out of ten um uh, would, would recommend it if you're bored one night and you're flicking through netflix that's it's only an hour and a, hour and 20 minutes i think so yeah definitely worth worth giving that one a go um Gonna quickly go through two trailers. Um, first one is a new Amazon Prime series which is coming out called The Tick. Um, so here's the trailer.
2: Hello, world. This is an epic tale, rife with destiny, adventure, blood loss, and good against evil. Well, look at you. Impossible. You're a superhero. Good eye. I am the Tick. For the truth. Where do you bench? <laughs> no idea. Can you fly? Whoa! Tick! Good grief. Destiny's on the line, Arthur. Accept the charges. Is this gonna be a long call? Could I sit? Sure. How can I put this? Murder. It's just not cool. Impolite! Quite a kick! What the world needs now is us. Sweet. Us. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is the good stuff.
1: I'm breaking a little bit.
2: Tangerton! <laughs> Tickle!
0: <laughs>
2: Two bullets point blank and high voltage plus a three story drop, and look at you. <gasps> You're as alive as a daisy.
0: We the and and like basically, the premise behind this from what I can gauge and reading the the synopsis is, um, obviously, in an era where we've got superhero movies and stuff coming out of our ears, uh, this is kind of a, a comedy take on it, clearly, from the trailer. Um It's about an accountant who has no superpowers whatsoever, comes to realise his town's kind of overrun by supervillains, so he kind of takes matters into his own hand, a la Batman, but he's just a bit bonkers and nuts, and yeah, um, the guy who plays him, I can't pronounce his name, but he's a well-known British actor, he's been in loads of British comedies like Spaced, Uh, he was was, um, Shaun of the Dead's flatmate in Shaun of the Dead, if that gives you any kind of uh reference point um but yeah it it looks quite funny um it's kind of got that uh kick-ass vibe to it so there's a lot more kind of humor in it than just your standard superhero stuff so yeah i'd, I'd give it a shout give it a go um it premieres on amazon prime on august uh 25th uh the second trailer we're going to go for is uh, a film called the dark tower um, starring Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Sorry. Um, so yeah, I'll be back after the trailer.
2: For thousands of generations, the gunslingers were knights sworn to protect us from the coming of the dark. These visions, as you call them, what do you see? They see a tower. The man in black. And the gun steamer. They're just streams. They're not real, Jake. There's another world out there. I know there is. Who are you? It's you. You're a gunslinger, right? There are no gunslingers, not anymore. Why does the man in black want to destroy the tower? The tower protects both our worlds. If it falls, hell will be unleashed. He's like the devil, isn't he? No, he's worse. You can't stop what's coming. Death always wins. Your world might be gone but mine isn't. If you let that tower fall, billions of people die. Are they have guns and bullets in your world? You're going to like Earth a lot. All right, let's go. Are you clawing your way out of the darkness? Did you tell the kid whoever walks with you dies by my hand? I will kill him. For both of us. Do not aim with my hand. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I aim with my eye. I do not shoot with my hand. I shoot with my mind. Jake! I do not kill with my gun. Kill of my heart.
0: Okay, apparently, uh, this is based on a series of books by Stephen King, which I was unaware of. Um, It looks pretty cool, looks pretty obviously kind of sci fi horror y esque. You're going to be with with Stephen King to be honest. it's kind of hard to describe, unfortunately with a podcast you don't have the visuals of it. But visually it looks really cool, um, and to be honest, Idris Elba looks like a badass. Matthew McConaughey looks like an evil motherfucker, and I think that's all you really need to know. Um, film comes out on August 18th, um, so it's definitely one I'm going to put on my watch list to go and see. Um, right, that is it for this week's podcast, folks. Um, as I said, there's not going to be any for for two weeks as i'm away but i've got loads of stuff lined up for the future so uh yeah please keep supporting the, the show whilst i'm away um and yeah we've got got some really awesome guests lined up in the weeks i'm back and as, as mentioned hopefully going to get some guys from fluff itself so yeah really looking forward to it and i will be back in a couple of weeks uh but for now ladies and gentlemen thank you again for joining me on the justin insight podcast and i will see you soon <music>